Hello, this is Paula. And this is Susanna. And And this this is is the the Joy Joy of Home Home podcast. The Joy of Home is a podcast about stories of the love of home, the joy of your own home, how you make your spaces personal to yourself. We'll have conversations about what makes a happy home with a variety of guests. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello on this very, very cold morning. It's freezing. How's it with you? It's absolutely freezing. It is, yeah, minus five degrees it was this morning. I haven't checked the current temperature, but that does feel quite chilly for here in the UK. My daughter told me this morning that, please, I can't go to the hockey practice because they always play hockey outside. And that reminded me that when I was at primary school, this is the really annoying thing that parents like to do, that, oh, I have to always walk to school (laughs) 20 kilometers. (laughs) Exactly. But we, in my little primary school, I remember still the rule was that if it was, I think, minus 10 or minus (gasps) 15, we were allowed to stay indoors for the breaks. And we had a break every hour. So there was plenty of fresh air when I was growing up. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, um, yes, I used to play lacrosse. And I remember sort of running through muddy fields that were literally just ice. It was like playing ice hockey, although it wasn't meant to be ice hockey. It was meant to be lacrosse. But um, <laughs> my, my, my husband has a worse story. He went to um, a boarding prep school. And um, the poor thing, he went when he was quite young. So he was about eight years old. And at his boarding prep school, they had an outdoor swimming pool. Bearing in mind, this is England, where, you know, outdoor <laughs> swimming pools... <laughs> You know, you're, you're, that that's quite quite a big sort of like act of hope and wishful thinking. But they had an outdoor swimming pool that they had to crack the ice and then get into. But I, <laughs> that's I'm hard sure call. half of these people are in, in um, police custody by now. The teachers. It's, I mean, that's awful for these little children to be going into. But this is British boarding schools back in the 1970s, people. So um, I'm sure a lot has changed now. <laughs> Do you think they are heated these days? That is quite hardcore if you have to go and break the ice. Break the ice. Although I do, I mean, obviously it's not so much a trend because people have been doing it for centuries and years, but Mm -hmm. the ice bathing or um, going into the, what do they call it, Um, cold water swimming. I I find that quite an attractive, um, you know, possibility. I might try it one day. Have you ever tried? Lots of health benefits. I have done it several times. Back in Finland, obviously, because, well, in the winter, there's lots of opportunities for that. And it is, 
I know people always say that and it's hard to believe, but it does actually feel so much warmer when it's properly cold outside. But I would say that always wear socks or little slip-on shoes when you go in there. I find that much easier. Oh, my goodness. And how do you feel afterwards? How does it make, because there's meant to be a dopamine sort of buzz afterwards, isn't there? Yeah, I guess you feel so happy to be alive and happy to survive the freezing cold (laughs) water. That gives you the, yay, I live to tell the story. I haven't got anything very kind of like a high, high praise. Well, like it was, it was okay. I didn't mind it, but I'm not sure if I was really feeling the endorphins apart from them. You've ticked a box. At least you've done it. I, I still have yet to do it. But what attracts me is the idea of the dopamine, the happiness buzz. And I suppose we're called the Joy of Home podcast. So it leads us quite neatly into things that make us feel joyful and happy about the home. And probably going into a cracking the ice to go into a swimming pool probably isn't one of them. It's not high up on my list at the moment. No, probably, yeah, especially on a cold day like this. But we can make a pack. If you want to do the ice swimming or the cold water swimming, I'll come with you and I'll hold the rope whilst you go swimming. So I'm there ready to have the rope for you. Okay, that's a date. That's a date. Um, I'll look in my diary in 2029. 20, um, but I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be, just I'll be send there. me the location and I'll be there. You're all <laughs> Anyway. What are we are we talking about just ice swimming and random cold stories today or have we got a other topic? It's the dopamine buzz, isn't it? What gives you dopamine buzz? And I have to say, warmth and feeling cozy on a day like this is one of those things that gives me a buzz. It makes me happy. The sort of how you heat your home. That I I was just saying to you actually, before we um we um jumped on, I'd mentioned that I have an, a garden office. And with my garden office, I have a little electric heater that looks like um, a wood-burning stove. It's a pretend wood-burning stove. And it's really effective. It's a brilliant heater. But I keep making the mistake of thinking that it will come on in 30 seconds. So I'll come into my office five minutes before a meeting or before the podcast um, recording, and I'll think, oh, it'll, it'll heat up. Of course, it takes about half an hour to heat up on a day when it's minus five. So I'm sitting here. And so if you hear my voice, ah, to go... <laughs> I sound like I'm a sheep. It's from the cold, but it's it's warming up slowly now. Are you layered up? Are you wearing some thermals under your... I have thermals. I I have layers. I have, yes, I am very good at my layering, I have to say. Very good. So you come prepared. Yes, lovely. But um, one of the things that actually, when we moved um, to my house, Hill House, one of the things I loved about it, and I knew would make me happy in the future, and it makes me happy now, um, with the open fires. We have um, log fires, which I know not everyone can have. I know in um, built up areas and cities, it's you're not allowed to have the sort of open fire. But here in the countryside, where we have our big blue Norfolk skies, um, it really is lovely to have an open fire with um, with the logs. And that... There's something magical about there that. There is something magical about it. Just the sight of it even, but also the smell. It's not, it's not just the warmth. It's not just the actual... The noise. Thing. The noise, the crackling, um, it just, there are things in life, I think, that evoke a memory that you maybe never had. I think maybe it's from picture yeah. books or fairy tales and you have this image. From our times when we were quave, exactly. uh, cave women, maybe, maybe it's all we are all. <laughs> I think humans are quite troll to a fire and I think that's because obviously back in the day that was the one that provided 
lots of essential things, safety and warmth. And yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm absolutely obsessed by having a fireplace. I haven't got one. So what I do is I use the YouTube screensaver videos of crackling fire on my TV. Do you really? That's so interesting. I, I mean, do. That's, um, that's ASMR, isn't it? The whole, it, gives, yeah. it induces the same sort of feelings of... Um, of happiness and contentment it's amazing it's obviously you don't get any heat from it and then sometimes even have it muted but somehow the flickering flames does make it feel like that it's much cozier than it actually is so yeah that's a quite good tip and you don't have to have a fireplace when you have that absolutely and also you've got this a very interesting contraption that you put on your surface in your kitchen don't you which has a fire yes that's one of the most frequently asked questions I get on Instagram. So that's I all I can guarantee that if I ever go at any point to my DMs, there's going to be a couple of people at least asking for that. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a, like an ethanol burner. It's from Morso, which is this Danish company, and they do make beautiful, beautiful fire-related products. We also have a outdoor stove from there, and you basically add ethanol. And then you just light it up and then it lights and it looks like a pretty little fireplace on your tabletop. Obviously, as a disclaimer, anything, if you end up having one, please be super, super careful. I am maybe not so safety oriented by a lot of things in life, but I'm absolutely terrified of any, you know, fire spreading out. So I never, ever, ever leave it unattended. Not even if I just pop in outside of the room for two seconds, I always put it off absolutely and, and what's a, a, I mean it looks amazing I mean if anyone hasn't um, heard of them do go to Susanna's um, Instagram account because you'll see them it pops up in a lot of your um, reels doesn't it your and they are reels. saved the link the link for the product is saved on my December links <laughs> story highlight <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look for that it's wonderful but but what um, apart from it looks amazing is it is it warming or is it a visual thing is it it's more of a visual thing. It doesn't really, it does heat up. It's on a cast iron. The ethanol itself is on a cast iron pot and that does get quite warm. So always have it obviously on a fire surf, per, fireproof service, surface, but it doesn't really give you heat. It's more for fun. So it's kind of like, we used to have a fireplace in our two, one lock burner, one open fireplace in our old house. Mm. And that's definitely something I really miss. And I hope that one day I'll live in a house that will have lots of beautiful fireplaces. How many fireplaces do you have? Your, your house looks like you have one in every room. We, we, we do, actually. We have, apart from the kitchen, <laughs> we, I mean, they're all in the, um, they're all working in the bedrooms. Um, we don't tend to use them in the bedrooms. I've used them in my bedroom um, once, but they're all working fireplaces in all of the bedrooms. That's so romantic. It is lovely. It's a lovely idea. Mm. You just need more staff members to come and <laughs> yeah. do the fire lighting <laughs> in the mornings, if that's your... <laughs> you get through a lot of logs. You get through a lot of logs. So um, we only really use two. The drawing room um, fireplace, which is the open fire with the logs, and then we have a wood burner in our sort of family sitting room. So we only really use those two. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a joy to have, and the smell is gorgeous. And it's lovely when you come home and... Um, Obviously, if um, somebody's been at home and the fire's been lit and you see the smoke coming through the chimney, it's all so romantic. It, it does look like a little doll's house. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think also, like, I think obviously some people are worried about the 
pollutants coming yeah, from it yeah, but yeah. i feel like that those can be massively reduced by doing lighting and using kind of like properly dried for wood and doing the lighting in a certain way so there's definitely ways of reducing that some people do seems to be making the mistake of using two two wet locks which my dad who's lives in a in the middle of norway in the countryside in finland and he heats they they heat my parents heat their house with a wood burning boiler and they also have a fireplace inside of the house so they are quite into the properly cured wood and also how they are stacked yes you can't be just going stacking wood nilly-nally you need to have a proper proper way of doing it it's so it's well no and I understand that there's there's an aesthetically pleasing way but there's also a sort of functional um practical way which means that you can get more sort of like loaded in there yeah and also that there's enough air yeah yeah absolutely there's this romantic idea of going for a walk in the in the woods and then picking up logs and bringing them back to the fire but of course that is not dry cured wood often the you know it's wet and that's when you're going to get your um your horrible sort of fumes and it's going to be over smoked and oh and the smoke is yeah it smells terrible and that's not the smell we were talking about earlier the really pleasant the memory evoking one (laughs) absolutely but what about you know versus underfloor heating does that make you happier to have underfloor heating is it just about warmth or is it about a certain type of warmth do you think that's a good question that's that's yeah i mean i can't say that i'm completely unaware of the love practic practicalities of having i mean it's so nice to have underfloor heating i'm not going to lie but in the old house we had underfloor heating in our kitchen diner and also a log burner and i didn't find that the two of them worked that well together because if you then use the log burner it gave up too much heat which then messed up the underfloor heating so it was a little bit tricky so i feel like that it's probably better to have one or the other although the open fireplaces don't give that much heat so you probably can get away with that look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, do you know the funny thing? I mean, um, my house is it's 200 years old, and um, the walls are very thick, and, um, and the house gets very cold. Now, we've had an extension built, which is sort of a guest accommodation, in that part of the house, we have underfloor heating, but in the main house, we don't have any underfloor heating. It's all sort of um, big old cast iron radiators, all the um, open fires. We, I mean, the mod cons of having underfloor heating, we, we were dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century, but I love it. I do sometimes <laughs> stand. I sometimes stand in there and just with my, you know, with my stockinged feet and just think how lovely would it be to have underfloor heating throughout the house? What an invention. What an invention. You know, who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's honestly, it's brilliant. And especially in bathrooms, I find bathrooms, if they are a bit on the chilly side and don't have underfloor heating, it's not the most inviting space, is it? Especially when it's minus five outside, but... I guess people get used to different things. I'm so you know, there's lots of things I like about my Georgian house, but I'm slowly learning the um, 
the error of the Georgian ways of not having underfloor heating. They should have they should have copied the Romans. <laughs> the Romans <laughs> knew better. <laughs> exactly. <Rome. laughs> Imagine that. You would have to have quite a system and quite underground workings to have uh, <laughs> underfloor heating. So how do you, I don't know if this is still within the topic, but how do you actually maximize um, the heat or like avoid the heat disappearing into the fresh air in the winter months i'm asking for a friend because asking obviously friend. i'm in my <laughs> in my dreams I'll, i'll be having the same problem in the future absolutely well i tell you what you asked me a question about um whether i had um multiple layers on i can't remember if it was um earlier on or but how do i keep warm in my own house when i have multiple layers so i have my thermal layers and i have my um cardigans the same applies to the house i have rugs and uh, multiple rugs and lots of layering, lots of soft furnishings. We have curtains are very heavy and triple lined. You know, they have a thermal insulation sort of lining in between. In in the rooms that have curtains, a lot of our rooms, downstairs rooms especially, don't have curtains. All the bedrooms, of course, have curtains. Um, but the downstairs rooms have shutters, wooden shutters, which of course doesn't, and it's single glazing in a lot of the rooms because it's original. So that doesn't have a lot of heat saving sort of qualities. But then you do have the your, your layered rugs, and um, and of course, we, you know, I'm I'm terrible for shut the doors, shut the doors, close the doors. Once you close the doors, you keep those pockets of heat in certain areas, which is always lovely. Mike, I I do sound as if I live in a cave, don't I? <laughs> keeping, <laughs> keeping those well, pockets no. of heat. Roll the stones and close the cave door. <laughs> Well, you just live in a 200-year-old house. That's the norm, isn't it? So uh, have you You haven't got um, a secondary glazing anywhere then? No, no. It's all the ripply um, Georgian glazing. And it, it isn't... I've, I was asked this actually recently about the um, the double glazing and you know. Oh no, sorry, I didn't mean. Oh, I I didn't mean double glazing. I meant secondary glazing. You know, the one that you can add oh, maybe for winter. To, yes, we we ought to do that. But I just I love looking through my rippled windows without anything sort of obstructing i was i I actually no i think most of us when we think about the secondary glazing are thinking the 70s version where you have these really thick pvc frames and then like you know these sliding things uh but i've actually seen recently because i've been looking into this oh yeah they do really very discreet ones like oh, the really? sort of types that you would not even be able to tell send me the link send me the link exactly <laughs> i need to be doing this for you because i have we have friends who had they had lived in an old house and they have a couple of windows which they don't ever open not even during the summer months so they had this really very discreet thing one that was just a really skinny silicon frame and oh, you can't even tell and I, if you want to get rid of it then you always have just have to cut it out and then in the summer in the autumn put it back on I I know that there are things that would enhance my life at Hill House, um, but I like I like to live as if I was in the 18th century. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. But um, so so yes, warmth and heat are wonderful. But what else? I think lighting is another thing that I would say is a is a happiness inducer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big, big believer of ambient lighting and warm light. There's nothing quite so clinical and cold looking than if you just have raw, really very bright white spotlights in your house. And it just looks like a bit of like a surgery. What do they call them? 
surgery. No, you're right. And what an operating an operating theatre, maybe. Oh, but that's the thing. Well done. Well yeah, done. Absolutely an operating theatre. <laughs> well, funnily enough, we've got both versions of this in our in our home because we inherited the sort of the, the new decoration that the previous owners had um had. So we've got spotlights in our family room area, which Oh, do you? I've never noticed those. Well, I never show them because I can't stand them. <laughs> well, yes, fair enough. <laughs> so, so we hardly we hardly put them on, and we because I love lamp light. I love having lamps around the home. I think it sort of adds to the, as you say, the ambience of um, and the mood of the room. It, it's warming, and um, but also that it lamps add decoration. I think apart from the fact that they're a functional and a practical item. You can also change the colours and the um, the look of an, and feel of a room um, by using lamps. So no, I, I, you'll never see me point the um, camera to the ceiling in that particular room. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a couple of spotlights in this house as well, so I'm not completely against them. But I feel like that in the living spaces, especially especially in the spaces where you want to spend your evenings, it's super important to have dimmable lights so that you can adjust the lighting levels and not just half. Like in our old kitchen, we did the lighting plan ourselves to our best ability and we decided to have some spotlights in there because it was a quite a big space so it felt like the easiest way to light the, the room. And my husband insisted on, you know, I don't want to be blaming him, but it was definitely <laughs> his decision. <laughs> exactly. His fault. He, he was really keen to... <laughs> It wasn't me. He was really keen to go with the white light because I thought maybe he just thought that the other one is just going to look too yellow or something. And if you turned them all on, thank goodness they were at least dimmable. We basically had way too many. And because they were so bright white and you turned them all up, I can't even imagine. Like it was so bright, like you lived in the sun and not in a nice, oh nice, inviting. I want to spend lots of time in here where like so bright. Well, th- thankfully, ours are dimmable, but they still look like a bit of a landing strip. And it is another one of those things that I will, you know, we'll get round to eventually changing um, when we do that room. That's a unless room. you move before that. Unless we move, unless we move before that and move to somebody else's um, spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, um, <laughs> and then I'll take another fifteen years to change it. But um, yes, so that is one of the pla- on, on the long. Um, checklist of things that I would love to do to the home that's that's one of them but I do but we do you know as long as you don't look up we have lots of labs um, yeah and lamp you just don't use them then yeah it's fine it's not and I mean like that's what I ended up having in our old kitchen we just used them very very rarely at least we had them in sections so it wasn't like that you had to have all I can't remember how many there were but it was a ridiculous ridiculous number of them like 25 or something so at least you didn't have to have all of them on at the same time so when we moved to this house and obviously we have a quite open plan fairly big space and the ceilings are slow I think it's called sloping because of the slope it's quite difficult to think of what kind of ceiling lamps would work in there so there was somebody who mentioned it was was my husband again suggesting some spotlights and I was like no way no I've learned learned from my lesson now so no we are not having any spotlights and we have gotten away with that but I do feel like that there could be maybe 
few more lamps I could add somewhere because sometimes when it's really very dark, the mood light is wonderful. But when you are with your aging eyes trying to oh, do yeah. work, I, it's I quite nice to have a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the thing. Oh, I can't see a thing, honestly. I, I mean, I, I probably need those bright spotlights that you were mentioning earlier. Even when I try and eat now, I have to put my glasses on at times because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I want to, I can't see to your see, food otherwise. I need to see my food. But um, it must have been quite exciting to actually be able to create a, a lighting plan because when you're, when you're sort of creating um, a new, new spaces, as you were in your house, um, I think that must be quite, um, I, I would love to be starting. I, I love old houses, but the idea of doing a lighting plan from scratch is appealing. Well, if your next house is one that requires complete full rewiring, there, there's your chance. It can be as old as you, or you buy a place that has never been wired, you know, that's, oh, even if it's very old. My, this is sounding so very expensive, you... but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I didn't realize that you were after for something more budget-friendly. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. yeah, it is exciting. It's really good. And I, we did the same planning. Well, the architects also helped with us with that. But then we went and changed lots of things around and added a lot more blocks and sockets. And it's one of those things that you can't think that, you know, how hard can it be deciding that where you want to have them and how many you need it's you still like you know we we spend so much time on kind of like imagining how we live our life in here and how it would work (laughs) and we still end up having I'm pretty sure we have some sockets that has have never ever been used because you know just end up being in places that we don't need and then I have to buy those lights uh, like the little bulbs oh yeah rechargeable lamps because in the places where I want to have lights I don't then happen to have any plugs so yeah it's not still I need maybe a new project so I can really master this yeah, well, no, but I have to say you are the queen of finding these wonderful, beautiful looking accessories that no one ever knew that we'd need or that they were around. <laughs> oh, no, no, but or, or, or that they were, they, they were around. Because when I think of, um, I mean, the rechargeable and battery lights have progressed so much in the last few years. They It used to be things that you wouldn't necessarily want on 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 view camping or, yeah, exactly, or camping but now there are beautiful ones aren't there and i saw some ones that you used in your pantry the other day oh yes so clever fabulous yeah so good i know i can't believe it i'm really i was i'm being and it's obviously like finding these products has been coming from the honest need because like i said we definitely could be i think with there's still probably a few places that we could add a little bit more lighting so um yeah i've been absolutely blown away the new new products that people clever people are inventing they invented the underfloor heating and now they're inventing yeah. these <laughs> rechargeable lights for people who mess I up their I am, I am lighting plants i'm such a cave woman i'm like um oh my goodness lighting electricity <laughs> new innovations wow i know but i think when you have when you keep that attitude you get lots of pleasant happy moments in your life because you are forever like blown away by the simplest things i'm very easily <laughs> pleased just give me yeah. electricity and heat and i'm okay it's like woohoo. But, yeah. <laughs> but also um so you know there's there's heat and warmth and how we warm our houses and then there's how we light our houses but also, I think that another thing that really gives you a sort of dopamine rush of happiness is is the way we scent and how our houses smell. 
because I always um one of my things when the children when we first moved here I went into a baking frenzy so my children would be at school and I would always bake something so that when they came home they would come through the door and it would be oh that we can smell what have you baked today mummy and it was all very wholesome oh, and lovely and that's I, so I lovely <laughs> and I I really wanted to create that sort of family home and in London I was it was very for me it was very hectic and rushed and I was hardly ever home and it was all about work 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 and so when we moved here um, although giving up my career was a sacrifice financially, I wanted to create a very wholesome environment for the children to grow up in um, so that they had the sort of fond memories that I had had. My, my mother always was baking and, um, you know, my, my mother was a nurse, so she had a career as well. But um, she really wanted to create that lovely family atmosphere. So the baking and smelling, you know, whether it's bread or whether it's smelling cakes um, or smells in the kitchen are a lovely thing they make me feel they make me think of home and they induce a lot of happiness and pleasure for me is there a specific scent is there a specific scent that you feel like that really takes you back to your childhood i think bread a sort of there's a sweet sort of bread rolls that my mother used to make they weren't actually sweet but they had a tiny element of sort of a, a sweetness but they were meant to be savory bread rolls and those make me think of um my mother and home and when my father was with us at christmas my father sort of um stays with us um on and off and um but he makes the bread rolls and it sort of it brings it all back which is so lovely and really has that sort of that sense of home so definitely if i want um if i want a bit of um an injection of happiness if i start baking or or sort of cooking something that reminds me of home it it comes automatically but they say in shops they spray they spray the smell of bread in some places and they to make people feel sort of uplifted and happy, even if there's no do they baking. really? Yes, before they do house viewings, if they're trying to sell their house, maybe or in the shops. That's it. That's the thing that um, people are told to do, isn't it? Sort of like make sure that there's a lovely smell because it makes people think of home, and that's what you want to feel like. Well, I can totally relate to that because I, for me, I think that if I can pick two cents. I think it probably would be cinnamon and coffee because my mom used to always make the cinnamon buns and that's still my favorite, favorite pastry today. She makes the best cinnamon buns. And Finland, which might surprise some people given the location, not anywhere near the actual coffee bean growing regions, we are probably the biggest coffee drinking nation in the world. We drink coffee like... Wow. <laughs> yes, we are really, really big, big coffee drinkers. and. At least in my family, that's like the afternoon coffee. Well, like obviously you have a morning coffee. That's more like, you know, just to get you going. To but perk you up. We yeah. used to always, yes, exactly. That was more kind of like, um, obviously for pleasure, but also kind of like, just, you know, like that's just gets you, how you start your day. But then they, we used to always have this afternoon coffee when I, like when I was ch- a child, where it became more kind of like a bigger moment and it wasn't, you know, we would all come together and we would all have our coffees and oh, we would lovely. have cinnamon bun or something else. And that always felt like a really, I don't know, there was just something always very special about it. And um, I'm hoping that my parents won't mind me sharing this, but I, <laughs> I mean, it just shows the parenting in the 70s it was so much more relaxed. But I've been drinking coffee for such a long time I'm now 47 and when I was nine years old I gave up sugar in my coffee so it's (laughs) 
You've been at it. You've already been at it for several years. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll have another. I'll have another coffee. Man. <laughs> I think about forty. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So it's. Um, so I guess that's why the coffee it just still smells so nice. I was. I was the same, but with whiskey. No, but no. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm right. laughs> only joking. Only joking. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad will be horrified know, that you are know, spreading these the, the things. The family secrets coming out. But, um, oh, that's lovely. So coffee and cinnamon buns. Oh, yes, that, that sounds wonderful. I think. And when we went to my grandparents to have the afternoon coffee, my my grandma often had the cinnamon. It wasn't a, more like, I guess it was, it was more like a cardamom bun. And it had been plaited. Like you have like, like this tree, like a thick. Yes. Yes. strings of yes. the dough and then you plait them my to mother make kind used of to do that mm. yes they're really mm. like they feel so old-fashioned i mean i'm sure modern youth would have even seen them and uh, it tasted like cardamom and then you cut they cut the slices of that and then she put lots of honey on top of it and i can still i can still remember the smell and the taste oh all goodness. these years later oh my goodness so would you um use a candle with those sorts of similar smells to make you feel uplifted or do you do you use candles or scented candles in your home well i haven't actually ever thought about it maybe i should get a cinnamon coffee cardamom scent the scent of candle that might be a quite good way of doing it absolutely i use some scents in my house yes definitely i have um Please don't ask me what my favourites are because I'm now having my mind is gone completely blank. But yes, I do use them definitely sometimes. And I like to, when I'm working on things, something specific, I often like to light a candle. Yes, I do. With the scent. It feels like almost kind of puts you into this kind of like, right, this is now, I'm taking this moment now to get this done. What's your favourite? Have, have you, do you use, I'm guessing you use candles. I do. I love, I'm, I am a candle obsessive. I, I adore candles, all sorts of different brands. I, some of my favourites are um, diptyque candles. Oh, just, just yes. so deep and rich and um, yeah, actually fabulous. Funny enough, actually, I was at um, a press day yesterday, and um, and coincidentally, um, they had diptyque candles there, and it was um, one that I'd ne- I've never seen before, and isn't doesn't sound very di- diptyque actually. Biscuit, it was biscuit. It really did have the scent. Of biscuit, and that was a really lovely one. I don't tend to have sweet, foody ones in my office or around the home. Um, I love that smell of of um, biscuits and things in my kitchen, but around the home, it will be more I don't know, freesia or, or rose, a little more floral. I like around the house, but I do love Penhaligons. Do a wonderful one, and it's um. It's the smell of um, sort of wood smoke. Yes, sounds lovely. And it's absolutely gorgeous. I can't remember the name of it, but it's absolutely gorgeous. And so I love those sorts of smells as well. But florals, but not so much light citrusy florals or anything like that. I love deep, not even exotic, but deep old English rose garden. That sort of smell. Okay, yeah, nice. And is this reflected on your on your perfume? Perfume. Um, do you know it is a perf? You see, perfumes. I, I love. <laughs> it's, it's the cold. It's the cold. We can hardly speak. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, no, it is actually. But then I'm I'm sort of also drawn to sort of very exotic musky. I I probably change from day 
to evening. In the evening, I want something a bit richer and a bit more muskier and a bit more sort of like sexy. Yes, like the sound of that. I'm not trying to think if I, when we met, if I actually noticed your scent, but I, when we were in Paris, I can't remember. What were you wearing then? Did I notice? Maybe I would recognize it if I... I probably was wearing an Aaron perfume in Paris, I would imagine, because Aaron, I mean, I love, I love perfumes and I love trying new ones. And there are so many beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous brands out there to try. And also there are so many sort of like expensive luxury brands and the way to capture that essence of those brands is often by the scents and it's often by the smells that they they sell you know it's an entry level product that you can actually buy into chanel by buying a chanel perfume if that's what you want or you know or you know ysl or whatever so it's quite um it's a lovely way of sort of having that little element of luxury without having to spend too much money even the candles but also um i just love being surrounded by lovely smells i do it's it's another thing i want to open my front door and I want to be transported to that feeling of whether it's um, home or whether it's uh, an English garden or whether it's, you know, or whether it's something a bit more cosy like the sort of fireplace. But I, I love beautiful smells. I love beautiful smells. Do you use, do you use scented um, cleaning products? Does that make a difference for you? Yeah, yes. I don't like anything too strong on my cleaning products. I have one. I, I actually clean products. I think when they are kind of like have the citrusy sort of scent, I think that's probably my favorite. Like you know, I can't now think of any any citrus citrus fruits that I especially enjoy. <laughs> There's a bit of a theme going on with me today. I can't remember anything. But yeah, so it's. I think it's nice to have a scent. I don't like like I. It's the same with actually cosmetics as well. I do like a nicely scented products, but I find that sometimes the more natural brands have such strong scents that I find that them quite off-putting. Like I can't, I can't quite take it. So I think I probably like maybe like a touch less scent than some other people because maybe I'm just quite sensitive for that. I actually recently tried um, a beauty brand that is completely scentless. There's no, there's no smell at all. And how is that the same sort of experience? Well, I have to say the packaging is beautiful. The aesthetic is lovely. The products feel luxurious and gorgeous. But I miss the scent. I, I yeah, love. I think I, I would love too. to smell something. Pers- you know, that's my personal um, preference. But I, I really. Part of the luxury for me is is in the smelling. And that's with face creams and everything. It may take away from the um, integrity of the product. I don't know. But I love the smells. I love the scent. I do. And well, obviously, it's maybe it's like full of allergens or something. So I can see why they want to do products, different type of products for different people. But I'm the same. I feel like if I use a product that doesn't have a scent, it doesn't have to be anything too strong, but like, you know, something pleasant little notes of something absolutely I do feel like that's more full experience really absolutely and it's interesting actually when talking about the power of scent um my mother wore Chanel number five for most of her life and um and so I now associate that smell with my mother and um I have a bottle on my dressing table that I don't use because I don't wear that particular um perfume but I sometimes spray it just to when I'm thinking of my mother, I'll, I'll I'll smell it and it's sort of like it feels like a warm hug. So it's amazing how strong that sense of smell can be um, to invoke these feelings of happiness or comfort or you know or love. 
Well, and I guess some of our strongest memories are very heavily linked to sense, really, because I guess the whole, um, I think the the brain of your parts at where the sense are processed are also very, very close by to where all the feelings and memory are also processed. So I think there's a bit of a link in there, which then makes them more long lasting, I guess. And I guess for somebody like me, because I can't do, I, I'm not, I can't do any visual. I think we spoke about this before, but because I have the aphantasia, which I found out last year. So this is not something I've kind of like known to have. So, so what's it called? It's called, say, it was, what's, it, what's it called again? Aphantasia. So it's basically a fantasia, which just means that you can't f- fantasize. It's amazing. And, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's really, I was completely, my mind was absolutely mind blown when I, the way I found it was I was reading, I was on my bed reading Finnish newspaper on my phone. Probably shouldn't be doing it, but that's what I did anyway. (laughs) And the title said something like that. Oh, some people go through their whole lives without ever seeing anything in their mind's eye. And I was thinking, well, what you mean, some people? Who can see anything? And then I clicked on it, and I was reading it. I was like, this is me. This is me. I've never seen anything. I can't, if I close my eyes, that the way you, t- you can test it is that if you close your eyes and think of something familiar, like, say, an apple. I'm going to do that And now. there are people, which is absolutely blows my mind, who can, you know, have whole movies in oh, their I mind's do. eye. I have to say, do you? I, yeah. I, I live in my head so much I love nothing more than the daydream of a whole film <laughs> you know that I've, that, but that I've I love daydreaming <laughs> I love daydreaming and I've always been doing lots of daydreaming but clearly I must have just always had a different way of doing it it's, it's so interesting I, I never it? even realized I never even realized that I had this but then on the you know obviously after that when I then figured out that I had this feature I mean I don't feel at all that I've been in any sort of no, no. You, we are because what we of are, that. Aren't we? It, exactly, exactly. And I guess you always find ways to cope around things. But it did remind me quite a few moments in our renovation where my husband is trying to ask me about you know certain things that what should we do like finishes in the room, and I'm like, well. I need to see it. I can't decide it if I can't see it. And he's like, well, can't you just think about it? And I'm like, well, I am thinking about it. I need to see it. <laughs> because I can't see anything. You can't see it. Exactly. But, what I was, but this is more linked to the fact that I guess for people like me, I don't have many visual memories as such because I can't really bring anything back. I mean, like obviously I have memories, but when I was very young, I can't bring back much from there because I guess lots of them would have been more maybe visual ones. So. But I can do dreaming. I can see you can, I can you see can visual see dreams, but I can't do it when I'm awake. So something screw loose, screw loose <laughs> on my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're perfect. You're absolutely perfect. So that, <laughs> that must mean that, that smell maybe because often um when something doesn't happen with us, something else sort of makes up for it, as you say. So maybe your sense of smell and the the, the, the feelings that smell invokes are stronger than maybe the visual. Yeah, yeah. I think I definitely think so, yeah. Because, I mean, I can't, even if I try to, like, if I try to bring back, like, say, I close my eyes and try to think about my grandma who passed, well, ages ago now already, I can kind of, like, I can't see her, but intellectually I obviously know how she roughly looked like, but I can't bring, like, a clear picture that, oh, there she is. 
But I guess it has also benefits. You can smell those rats, those those yeah, buns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I guess that's what I can smell, but I can't see her. But I guess it also comes with an added benefit that I'm probably more likely to live in a moment because I don't have any of kind of like visuals running in my head, whereas I think some people... If that's, that's so true. And I suppose, especially when it comes to decorating your house, when you make a decision, it's the right decision because you've actually seen it in real life, whereas a lot of us fantasize and imagine what this might look and often the fantasy is never what the reality is well it's I still do planning yeah well but I do still do kind of like planning I just can't do it visually and I do feel like that every time I design a room the end result I mean often I'm quite happy but I can't really say if it was you know it's always a surprise it's not like that I knew exactly how it was going to come out so that's I'm definitely lucky. Right. Are we is it time to wrap this up? I feel like we've been talking forever. I mean, always a pleasure, Paula. Always a pleasure. <laughs> but I've got things to do. <laughs> no, but absolutely well, no, that's wonderful. Well, like it's lovely. Scent, lighting, and the feeling of warmth. What wonderful things that make us happy. And there are so many more things that make us happy. But I think those are three wonderful things to end on. But um lovely. Well let's let's go and let's go and be happy, keep warm, smell something nice, and um what was the other one? And um and put a cardigan on. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Got to stand on your underfloor heating now. I really yeah. deserve it. In, in, in the one room that I've got it in, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, lovely speaking to you as always, and we shall see you all again soon. Yeah, lovely. If you like this episode and would like to help the Joy of Home podcast, please share with your friends, rate and review. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts.